good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cup, Henny Cutter gave him. Because all the hippies are trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Karagito, all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. And we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. And this portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Well, we got a playwright on tonight, and we're going to... uh, talking about their world premiere, uh, and I'm really in, in San Francisco, so I'm really pleased that we 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 have this person. Um, Ogama, you know, we're excited here. We're we're diversifying uh, and uh, uh, and amplifying our native uh, voice all over Turtle Island. Absolutely, yeah. We have uh, Claude Jackson Jr., who is uh, not only uh, the public defender's office uh, leader for the Gila River tribe where he's from, but he is also a playwright in his spare time, and uh, his new play, (laughs) Cashed Out, is at the uh, San Francisco uh, Playhouse Theater, and it's a world premiere. Uh, just happened early uh, last week, I believe, and it's still right. playing. So we're really excited to have him on to talk about his work. And I want to, I want to know what his schedule looks like if he's able yeah. to to run the public defender's office for a tribe and be a playwright in his spare time. <laughs> Sounds like you. Maybe you can get some pointers, huh? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So. <laughs> right on. Hey, we talk about uh, native news and events, and uh, we talk also. Ogama does the news that you don't hear anywhere else. So why don't we get right to that and uh, welcome uh, again, Ogama? Absolutely, Buju Anin, everybody. This is Ogama Ganuakwe. I'm a citizen of the Red Lake Nation in northern Minnesota. And I've got some news and information for you here today. I've got some environmental news today, uh, sort of. Uh, This one's environmental related to the ongoing trials of Line 3 water protectors. Uh, The Aiken County Sheriff in Minnesota is to be questioned in court tomorrow about subpoena dodging and roughing the subpoena server during the ongoing trials of the Line 3 water protectors. And then there's also a legal challenge to the Public Utilities Commission and Enbridge escrow account is also also a challenge. Uh, for those of you who haven't been uh, maybe up to date with what's happening with Line 3, Line 3 was installed uh, as a replacement project, Line 3, sometimes called Line 93, uh, here in northern Minnesota in, during 2020 and 2021. Um, the attorney is asking the sheriff from one of the Minnesota counties, uh, Dan Gouda from Aiken County, to be held in contempt of court for obstructing justice um, and to be sh- sanctioned. Um, Aiken County uh was dodging a subpoena and obstructing justice about recent allegations that he wrapped up the subpoena server. And uh, the Minnesota Public Utilities Commission during uh, Enbridge's construction of the Line 3 pipeline had an escrow account, which paid out about $8.5 million to Minnesota law enforcement agencies. So uh, all of these things are happening kind of all at once. Um, Aiken County had also, um, I believe, and maybe I... I don't know if I can be quoted on this, but I believe Aiken County was also a county where water protectors had had physical force used against them uh, during during peaceful protests as well. Um, so their uh, water protectors um, attorneys are asking uh, to hold the uh, Aiken County Sheriff in contempt over these. And uh, it's going to be really, really interesting um, to see. And, you know, given that... Um, I mean, these are really serious charges. They're really serious charges. And, uh, you know, I'm talking about it here on Native Roots Radio, but I haven't seen anything come through in like the wider news sphere yet. Uh, Certainly not in what would be considered, you know, mainstream news. But there was also the recent uh, murder of the environmental activists in Georgia. Um, And Tortuguita was murdered uh, 
for protecting forests in place of a uh, police training facility. And we all know that there's been another uh, police brutality murder of Tyree Nichols uh, that has happened. Um, And this is the same zone. These things are all intersectional, right, Robert? They all connect. And uh, it's definitely... Something that I would hope would merit further news coverage. So we'll kind of wait and see what happens um, with that. But just wanted to make everybody aware. Um, So if you're interested in uh, going to the Aiken County Courthouse, they will be having this court session uh, Wednesday, February 1st at 9 a.m., uh, which is tomorrow um, at the Aiken County Courthouse in Aiken, Minnesota. Um, there is a possibility for Zoom, but as of right now, that has not been approved by the court. So um, we're waiting to see what happens. But, uh, you know, show up, boots on the ground if you can, uh, and let Aiken County know uh, what you think of the charges against Sheriff Dan Gouda and uh, Richard Hart, who is the PUC-appointed escrow account manager, both of which have been called to testify in water protector cases. So. Yeah. Um, in in news of uh, kind of the Northwest Coast, uh, the United Tribes of Bristol Bay uh, just had a news release that came out um, that after years of effort, Bristol Bay is celebrating EPA's historic action to stop Pebble. Uh, the Bristol Bay Tribes and Communities and Alaska Native Corporations and Organizations are celebrating the Environmental Protection Agency's finalization of 404C Clean Water Act protections that will stop the proposed pebble mine from being built at the headwaters of Bristol Bay up in Alaska. Uh, just today, the EPA published its final determination outlining the prohibitions and restrictions that will prevent this large-scale mine from being developed at the pebble deposit due to the adverse impacts such a mine would have on Bristol Bay's people, waters, and salmon fishery. And the news is really, it's decades in the making. It was initiated back in 2010 when Bristol Bay's tribes formally petitioned the EPA to use their authority under the Clean Water Act to help protect the watershed. Um, This is really exciting news. The protections there are going to prohibit and restrict the use of the waters of the South Fork uh, Cooktuli, North Fork Cooktuli, and the upper uh, Tallerick Creek watersheds in Bristol Bay as a disposal site for the discharge or dredged or fill material associating with mining as well. This final determination also prohibits future proposals to develop mines at that location. Um, and the impacts of that have uh, similarly been denied uh, by the Army Corps of engineer in 2020. So EPA, uh, if you could come over here to Minnesota and uh, get some of those uh, protections going a little bit stronger here, right, Robert, for water protection yeah. here. Well, you know, you talk, you, you speak on that and I think, geez, the EPA, uh, you know, these people are supposed to protect waters. I have a big question mark. So, you know, these people, uh, these organizations and, you know, the DNR and all these things, uh, I've just lost uh, personally total faith in a, in a lot of their actions. So it's hard for me to agree with that one, Ogama. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm happy to see that the EPA is doing what it can in certain places right. and in other places. It's just not happening. And, and you're right, especially here in Minnesota, um, my faith in the uh, administrative forces that are supposed to protect our water and land and people here, um, you know, have duly failed us on many occasions. And uh, I, I would be open to having the EPA step in, uh, which they have done in the case of uh, wild rice and uh, sulfur levels uh, in northern Minnesota. They have stepped in uh, for denying uh, 404 water permits uh, here in Minnesota just as of the last year related to mining as well. But, um, you know, the Boundary Waters also had that big win uh, where the copper and nickel mine in the Boundary Waters uh, polymet was um, shut down by President Biden as well. So there have been some wins at the federal level, but we really need to get these state agencies on board. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Um, Yeah, it's uh, hard uh, to uh, see and listen to um, all this for six years, right, Ogama? I mean, and you've been in the battle longer than the show has been on. and it's, sometimes it's hard to get out of bed and other times you get out of bed and you want to really fight for our, our people and our land and Mother Earth and Father Sky. Thank you so much for uh, doing a great report as always. And, you know, up next we got uh, 
this playwright, Claude, Claude Jackson, and uh, I'll, I'll look for some help with you on the interview. So we'll be right back after this short break. See you soon. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Take care of your community by joining Metro Transit's Adopt a Stop program. Show your community pride by adopting a transit stop. Join us in helping keep the stop and your neighborhood beautiful and report any maintenance needs to us. We'll put a sign at the stop recognizing your efforts. Plus, you'll get 10 free rides every month. Get details at metrotransit.org slash adopt. Again, adopt a stop for Metro Transit. Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition here on Native Roots Radio. Uh, we're also really excited. It uh, looks like he's just arrived. We have a uh, playwright, uh, Claude Jackson, uh, who just has having opening night at the San Francisco Playhouse mm-hmm. for uh, his new production uh, called Cashed Out. Uh, welcome, Mr. Jackson. Uh, thank you for having me. Wow. Well, hey. Uh, he- uh, oh, sorry, Ogama. Oh, that's okay. I was just going to ask Claude if he uh, wanted to introduce himself to our listeners. Oh, thank you. Um, hello, everyone. My name is uh, Claude Jackson. Um, I'm uh, a member of the Gila River Indian community, also part Hopi, out of uh, Arizona. Gila River is uh, south of Phoenix area. I'm uh, born and raised in Phoenix and a um, member of my tribe. I'm also an attorney uh, for my tribe. I handle public defense, but I've I've done many, many things of uh, 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 in terms of uh, the law, pharma community, including uh, ICWA cases. And I'm also a writer, and um, I just happened to get commissioned to write a play, and then I'm over here in San Francisco, and yes, opening night is coming coming on. Thank you. Wow, that's exciting. Uh, and again, welcome to Native Roots Radio. Uh, I'm awake. And, uh, you know, it's it's exciting that you had a it, – it was first an abbreviated play, and then people mm-hmm. – saw what you want and then they made you work more and we're trying to figure out you're a full-time attorney and a playwright and <laughs> and uh i can barely tie my shoes here but uh I, it's good to hear that you're uh, your tribe's attorney too because uh on the off uh, off days here i'm a legislator for ho-chunk nation too mm-hmm. so i'm in the government business we don't talk about that here much on the radio but uh <laughs> You, uh, I know you're very busy. So, how exciting was that uh, to have them, or was it frightening, or did you feel like, hey, I, I have more things to say? <laughs> it was. Uh, it, it, you you pretty much described it all. Uh, a little frightening because I just didn't know anything of what was what was happening uh, when when uh, they decided to commission it, and even when they chose uh, San Francisco chose this. 
uh, as part of their season, I had, uh, I just was, was, uh, uh, you know, I just had to turn it over to, to people that I, I had to uh, trust that I really didn't know, but they, they, they gave me a great uh, a director, uh, Tara Moses, uh, a native cast, and were very, very respectful of my tribe. And, uh, and it just went from there. And, and I really been like, don't know, I do not, uh, I don't know what to expect beyond opening night, beyond closing. I, I'm just having a, the time of my life just enjoying it. Well, you and your brother uh, wrote a play, uh, In Circles, uh, mm-hmm. which is streaming on Amazon Prime and other outlets. Uh, so you're not, you're not, you're a veteran of this uh, of some mm-hmm. sorts. But uh, y- you know, what's the what's your process? Uh, do you r- write two pages a day, or you know, I heard if you do two pages a day, you'd have a full book at the end of the year. <laughs> what 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 is your process? Well, it's. Uh... When I could find time for it, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't sit down and say I'm going to write uh, this many pages, or I'm going to write for this amount of time a day, because I can get not only caught up with um, uh, not only caught up with my my regular job, but uh, also I I got a family and I got an eight year old uh, that demands my time, and <laughs> she better get it. <laughs> so, uh, but I when I, when the uh, the mood hits me, uh, I, I mean I can I can go full bore and. and um, I'm pretty fast with it, and what I'd like to do is just get it down on paper, and then uh, then I can work on the rewrites, and that's uh, that's much that's much more fun uh, to do that. Then you're cutting, you're adding, you're you're really getting to know your characters um, after you've done your first draft. Hey, we're talking to playwright uh, Claude Jackson Jr. about his play. Well, we're talking about him, but let's talk a little bit about his play, Cashed Out. Uh, it's a story of three generations of women that live in the Gila River Indian Community Reservation in Illinois, in Arizona. Oops, sorry, there I got the Midwest, uh, Midwest <laughs> big difference, right? And uh, temperature too. We're like uh, twenty below here in Minnesota now. But uh, uh, tell us a little bit about that. I know we always talk about the seventh generation, and that's the generations that precede us and the ones that are uh, forward that we protect the water and protect our way of life. Um, so what was your inspiration with these three generations? Are they uh, people you know or people that were in your family uh, or are in your family? How, how, what was the inspiration on that? It, yeah, it was uh, the, uh, the, in talking about the uh, strength of a family, uh, definitely uh, the, the women in uh, my family who have uh, taking care of me, my grandmothers, uh, my mom, uh, my, my wife now. And so, uh, mm-hmm. th- those were, I knew that, the, that I can draw that strength from them. Uh, one of the, the key to it, uh, key to this play was, um, it is a tragedy and, uh, and originally the, uh, the theme when it was a short play, the theme was gaming. And so I, I just try to come from a, uh, a place uh, when I submitted this play, uh, I just wanted it to stand out. So I, I, I chose it being a, uh, a tragedy. And then I, I, I wanted to talk about, uh, about addiction. I've, that's, that's something that's lived in my family uh, for many generations. And so I just went with gambling addiction. And uh, it's not something that I, I'm, I mean, overly familiar with or was, but uh, it is it, addiction is addiction. So uh, I, I went with that, and uh, then I wanted to talk about the the uh, not only the struggles, but but from an aspect of of life on the res, of of, of traditions and customs. I chose basket making because uh, the Autumn people of uh, Gila River are, are well known for their basket maker basket making out um, in Arizona, and uh, even though I don't have any of that that background, so that took some research as well. And uh, so that's where I went with it. And, and I, I mean, I wanted to present characters that were strong women that uh, lived on the res, that wanted to be out on the res, that, uh, and that were doing all they can to, to help this particular person, the main character named Rocky Camus, to, uh, to overcome her gambling addiction. And, uh, and so, you know, in the end, like I said, it's a tragedy, but the, the youngest daughter, the young daughter of Maya is someone that, you know, the the audience is going to come away with knowing that this young girl is going to be all right. Her her 
her great aunt is there for her. The rest of the the rest of the community is there for her, and she's making you know strong decisions herself. You know, even at a young age, that um, she's going to break the cycle of addiction. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, you know, we talk about before gaming came into our tribe up here. Uh, when we did uh, basket weaving, we were on the side of the road selling those to to maintain, you know, our aunties and our gagas to maintain some kind of uh, cash flow. And uh, it's a it's a long tradition here uh, mm-hmm. for ho chunks too. So it's it's really interesting. Uh, so there is a fine line between addictive personality, so addiction to, to drugs and addiction to gamb- gambling. Um, it's it's a hard thing because it's so it's so uh, I mean everybody does it in in a sense of like mm-hmm. people gamble so do you have addiction you hide it all these mm-hmm. all these things that wrap on up into it so it, it's a poignant story for for us mm-hmm. especially in you know with COVID we had uh, we had the addictions in the parking lot doing push ups because we were so worried about COVID and we were still having mm-hmm. our, our members pass mm-hmm. on with these addictions. So it's great to have you put this in the forefront of, of, of your play. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I mean, if I could add too, is that, you know, ironically, uh, gaming, Indian gaming has been very beneficial to me. I, I, I would not have graduated undergrad, uh, years ago. I would not have become a lawyer. Uh, they, my tribe paid for my, uh, my education and, uh, although I, I wasn't mandated to come back and work for my tribe, it was always in the back of my mind. And, uh, you know, I've been with my tribe for uh, uh, 17 years uh, working uh, as an attorney. So it's, it's provided for me. It's provided for my family. And uh, so I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for, for that opportunity. And, uh, but, but I, again, I wanted to talk about uh, uh, addiction in this, in this regard. And, and I wanted it to, to stand out. So that's, that's the, the path I chose, um, in, in getting this play done. Ogama, we got, uh, less than a, a minute here. Do you want to just ask the question and we'll ponder during the commercial? Did you have a, a question? I was actually just noticing the time and was going to let people know that Cashed Out's uh, opening night at the San Francisco Playhouse is tonight. If you're in the San Francisco area and you're tuning in, uh, you can go to sfplayhouse.org or call the box office for San Francisco Playhouse. Performances go January 26th through February 25th, so you can get your tickets and uh, make a a plan to go see this. This sounds like a wonderful production, and I'm excited to, to talk with you more in the next segment. Thank you. Right on. Hey, we're with, uh, I want to say Superman Claude Jackson Jr., but uh, uh, (laughs) playwright and uh, full-time lawyer and uh, all-around groovy native dude. We'll be right back after this short break to talk a little bit more about the play that's opening and uh, how excited we are to support you and hear more about it. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. Take care of your community by joining Metro Transit's Adopt a Stop program. Show your community pride by adopting a transit stop. Join us in helping keep the stop and your neighborhood beautiful and report any maintenance needs to us. We'll put a sign at the stop recognizing your efforts. Plus, you'll get 10 free rides every month. Get details at metrotransit.org slash adopt. Again, adopt a stop for Metro Transit. Next time on Philosophy Talk, citizenship and justice. It's all about justice. As long as you're a citizen, you're entitled to exactly the same rights as everyone else. It's a recipe for non-discrimination. What if you're not a citizen? 
you can apply. And get turned away at the border? Why should justice depend on the random fact of where you're born? Citizenship and justice. Next time on Philosophy Talk. Philosophy Talk. Every Sunday at 8 a.m. on AM 950. Hello, this is Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio. Now my show will be on Saturdays from 10 to 11 and replayed on Sundays from 1 to 2. You will get to the best of Ellie 2.0 with talking about idealism, with guests who come in and who are idealistic, who are trying to change the world, and you will get me, Super Idealist. Tune in. We can't wait to hear from you. And you'll hear from me Saturdays from 10 to 11. Hi, I'm Peter Solak. And I'm Adam Ostrowski. We are here at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces to talk about the joy of live fire cooking. Cooking over a live fire is the oldest and most basic form of cooking. What's new is in the way a fire is handled and its heat is managed. It's easier to experience and enjoy the smell and taste of food cooked over a live fire. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces sells and installs live fire grills, fire pits, and ovens. Let us help you experience the smell, the taste, the fun of cooking with fire. Pizza was first made and is still best made in an open fire oven. The radiant and conductive heat of a live fire is unmatched for wood roasting and baking artisan breads, too. Come see the many ways you can cook over a live fire. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood and gas units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. More information at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. Winter is here, and there's a good chance your home isn't being heated efficiently. And it's likely because of air sealing and insulation problems. Inadequate attic insulation is the leading contributor to high energy bills, cold rooms, and ice dams. Great news, the energy-efficient pros at Snap Construction can fix it all. Stop the heat from leaking out and save. Call 612-333-SNAP or visit snapconstruction.com for your free infrared energy inspection. Install with Snap Construction and qualify for over $750 in rebates and incentives. State and city programs are now offering 0% financing for qualifying insulation upgrades. So call Snap Construction for your free insulation energy consultation and start saving on your energy bills. Call 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP. Or visit snapconstruction.com. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed insulation and exterior contractor in the metro area. Visit snapconstruction.com. With a look at your AM950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Cloudy tonight with a low of 1 below 0, then sunshine on Wednesday with a high of 10 above. Cafe Latte is unlike any restaurant you've ever experienced. Grab a tray and pick from their award-winning selections of soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. Cafe Latte, Victoria Street and Grand Avenue in St. Paul, or CafeLatte.com. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by the Minnesota Indian Women's Resource Center. Hey, we're with the guest, Claude uh, Jackson Jr., uh, uh, cashed-out uh, uh, writer, playwright. Uh, just talking a little bit about the play. There's three generations of women uh, and dealing with the battles of triumphs of fighting addiction and upholding the traditions of their tribe as Rocky seeks her big break at the casino and tries to live up to her legacy. Her family struggles to cope with the ups and downs of their gambling addiction. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a mouthful, a mouthful, Claude. Uh, thanks again for being on and, uh, talking about this important story. Uh, did you, were you able to watch, uh, Watch the rehearsals of the play um, as the writer. Or did you do any rewrites? And uh, you're muted right now. <laughs> He's unmuting. I, I, said, I, I apologize. <laughs> no problem. Um, <clears throat> no, I, I, uh, I, well, yes, I did a, a, a plenty of rewrites and I started. A, uh, I, so we were in the middle of doing previews. Uh, so we're, we're performing before live audiences. And then I had, um, um, so I was here uh, for those rehearsals. Uh, and then uh, uh, d- during these uh, 
during these uh, uh, performances now, these previews, we've been hammering out, uh, you know, lines here and there. I, uh, uh, matter of fact, I was here about it, uh, maybe an hour or so ago. I went down uh, to the playhouse uh, to help fix a line that we needed. How, uh, we needed some extra time in terms of doing a transition. So it's been quite an experience. I personally, I'm recovering from a quadruple bypass surgery back oh. in October. So I was kind of laid out for uh, up until uh, up until a few weeks ago. And so since then, I've been able to move around and travel here. Other than that, I was doing everything on on uh, on Zoom uh, when I was helping with the rehearsals. Wow. Uh, rewrites and up to the uh, minute. Mm-hmm. uh, uh... I, you know, I love the theater. I, I have a place in New York and we always go to the theater whenever I visit. And, um, I, I, uh, the theater to me, it's, it's the actors get out, give off the, the audience and the audience, it's a give and take and it's always different every night. Um, so that's exciting. And, uh, and you're going to be able to experience that more now that uh, you're uh, feeling better. So that's even more yeah. exciting. Uh, just the daily, the daily hype and uh, seeing your your art come to life is got to be a great feeling. Oh, it is. It's it's. Uh, I you know I've I've shared this story before that um, you know deep down I think I was a, a I I really wanted to be a theater kid in high school, in college, and I just never did. I I never went out for anything. Uh, I just, I, for, for whatever reason, maybe I just was, was fearful of it. I don't know. And, uh, but I also wanted to always be a writer. I was kind of always doing that in the background. And uh, so when this opportunity came to be a playwright uh, about a little less than 10 years ago, I, I just fell into it. I, I sit in as many meetings as I can, rehearsals. I just like being around that community of, especially the actors and directors that are really committed to this. They, they just want to, they just want to tell stories and I admire them about that. And uh, they are so serious about, uh, about their profession. And, and again, you can't help but admire, admire all of that. Oh, ogama has got a question. That is, uh, that is beautiful. Go ahead, Ogama. Yeah. And you just kind of transitioned beautifully mm-hmm. in that too. Um, it says you recently acted in uh, Cornerstone Theater Company um, and Uni- Arizona State University's production of Native Nation and uh, the Arizona State University production of Indian School. So you take on acting as well as playwriting. Is that right? Yeah, I, I, I did take that on. I kind of just fell into it. Uh, Larissa Fasthorse is the one that did. Uh, she's the one that wrote uh, the Native, uh, Native Nation. And so it was good to meet her. Uh, uh, as a playwright, she's been very, very helpful to me, and uh, and then I, I from that I auditioned for another role at, at Arizona State, which is in my area. Uh, my it's my uh, alma mater, and uh, so I, I acted in there, and I, I really liked it. I I took an acting class at the community college a few years ago, uh, and uh, the excuse I was telling everyone is because well, I'm an attorney. I have a lot of uh, I do a lot of jury <laughs> trials. I, I just want to project. I want to you know be good with, uh, with public speaking, but honestly, it was just to, so I can get up and <laughs> do dialogue and monologues. Well, just to let you know too, I, I wouldn't feel bad if you did a play about a radio show and then start, you know, and act and gave me a little, uh, uh, shout out to come and try out for the play. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, now it's, it's up here now. <laughs> You better watch you, out, Robert. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I know. I'm going work, to start well, workshopping that. <laughs> ho, uh, yeah, that sounds good. Well, I bring you up here to Minneapolis, which has more theaters yeah. per capita than any place in the United States next to New York City. So we're we're ready for you. And uh, you'd have to have Ogma on, too, because she does all the work. And I just come in and, uh, <laughs> you know, you can have her complaining and be maybe her the star of the play. I, I could sure. be your I could be your first place stagehand. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll you, do all that background work. You, you do the background and the director. You know, do it all. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, do you, in all seriousness, do you think about the next play, or are you concerned, uh, concentrated on this one? No, I, I, I'm thinking about the next play. I've got a few that I uh, that I actually I was working on one. Um, uh, a little bit earlier and, and cleaning up an old one. And uh, so I've, I've made, finally have had time to work on these, these other ones. 
and I have a few ideas. I, you know, some ideas are uh, uh, some television uh, pilots and and screenplays. It's just fun writing. I just I just love doing it. I, I never have any expectation that anything's going to be produced or not. I just want to tell a good story, write it out, and maybe in in ten years my daughter can discover them, and she'll have fun with them as well. So. Well, you know, we, we've had the Reservation Dogs on a bunch of times, and a couple mm-hmm. of those guys, or one of them for sure is a writer, uh, Bobby Wilson, who uh, was a student of mine when I taught high school here in St. Paul. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, it's small community of uh, natives. But, uh, you know, I would have never thought that he would be where he's at now. You know, I guess I think he graduated 2004 from high school and it's just amazing when you put one foot in front of the other and there you there you are and that's sounds like a little bit of your story too it it really is it's it's just been uh you know i tell everyone that i'm i I always feel like a lottery winner i mean i'm I'm, i i feel very blessed very very fortunate uh i'm i'm now meeting people in the theater community much like i met in the law community that have just been mentors have helped me along the way and of course, I'm going to pay that back. I'm, I'm, I, I help. I'll help anyone that 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 comes my way, has questions, uh, needs any advice, because I mean that's what we're supposed to do. That's what mm-hmm. we're here for. And uh, and and things get they get pay they they pay off in the end. And so yeah. I'm I'm a firm believer of that. Right on. Yeah, you have to give it away to keep it for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I do you feel. Because, you know, we, we started the show six years ago during Standing Rock and uh, mm-hmm. the, big, the big pipeline and um, because there was so much misinformation. And I feel like, you know, the eighth fires went everywhere and had a show like this. We had uh, Rutherford Falls. We had Prey. We had Rubber Reservation Dogs. We have uh, uh, There There, you know, an author, uh, a book. Uh, I, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head. But there's an expansion that we haven't seen in decades of native american artists really put out in the forefront do you, do you feel like uh it's part of that part of that uh that big push uh with the fighting of the pipeline that helped you or or, or you've been around a long time well i a little bit of both i mean i'm i'm i you know i just turned 50 uh i do understand that that a lot of the uh the entertainment, uh, a lot of the artwork, it's especially in the media of, of, uh, of uh, the genres of, of, I mean, the media of film and, and plays and, and television just weren't there up until recently. And it's, it's one of the, it's just really a great time uh, to be uh, in this field, to be, uh, especially to be a performer and to be a writer. And, uh, and I think the, the outside world is really seeing that, that this is a fertile ground for talent and that these stories that uh, uh, that are being told, I, it's just a fresh voice that everyone should be looking for. And I think that, they're, that the powers that be are finally seeing that. You know, these stories, you know, our, our stories actually, I mean, they're, they're, they come from a, a different place, but the stories in general that, that mean for like entertainment value, uh, I mean, the Greeks were doing it thousands of years. Right. Long, I mean, they were doing it long before Shakespeare or anything like that, or before um, you know, before the colonizers came. So mm-hmm. the stories were 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 telling. It's again, there's a freshness, a newness to this. Uh, you know, we just know how to tell our own stories. I'll just say it that way. <laughs> right on. Yeah, and I, I think too, in in all seriousness, I think uh, you know the way history was when I was young is that, you know, we were dinosaurs and we, we are not there. And I guess they're really real realizing that we're still here and that we're, uh, <laughs> a, a vital community, uh, amongst them, whether they know it or not. And I think they're catching on and a lot of people are enjoying this. I I'm with, uh, Claude Jackson, uh, Jr. And we're talking about his play that's premiered, uh, cashed out, uh, we're really excited to have you on here, and uh, I, don't, I don't know, Ogma. Do you have a, a last a last question before we we go? 
You know, I, I don't have a last question, but I did just have a last statement. I just I put it in the chat, but I'm really happy that um, Claude chose a tragedy uh, for the play because I think there's a lot of really excellent humor that's happening in Indian country. Um, but personally, I've always identified with, you know, the tragic and the dramatic aspects of, of Native writing. And I'm really excited to hear that there's, um, you know, a drama, drama tragedy uh live action play um, to be able to see. And I really hope it can come here to Minnesota. That's if, a, if, go ahead, if go I ahead, may, I, 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 that's one of the, uh, I, I was asked that by uh, some students uh, the other day when they came to see the play and, and what do I want on it? What do I want out of this play? I mean, I want to, I want to bring it back to Arizona, of course, cause that's, uh, that's where the people, my people are at, but I want this to travel. I, I do want to bring it to, to many, to many uh, uh, different communities, uh, d- different places that uh, uh, I, I feel will appreciate it. And uh, so hopefully it gathers some legs and roadshow. <laughs> right on. Hey, uh, Pini Gigi, thank you so much for coming in, Claude Jackson, with Playwright of Cash Out uh, premiering uh, this week. And uh, we're going to have to have you on again. And I know there's a fine line between tragedy and comedy. I do remember that from school. So mm-hmm. I feel yeah. I feel that every day when I'm on the radio. So thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right on. Hey, we'll be right back. Uh, we got Nancy with... Uh, uh, a, a guest here. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us, please. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Hey, Cudigy to all my friends and relatives in four directions. This is Robert Pilot of Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. I'm here to ask you for your support. Finding honest, Native-centered news is not easy. But with your support, we're able to provide accurate information about Standing Rock, Line 3, treaty violations, and COVID-19 in our Native communities. Please visit Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon and donate if you can. That's Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. Pinigigi, and thank you for your support. COVID-19 is still here. It's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help you protect yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. Get your booster at the 360 Colburn Clinic, operated by St. Paul Ramsey County Public Health, for a chance to win one of five $500 Visa gift cards. Each week in January, a winner will be selected from eligible persons age 5 and up who got their COVID-19 booster. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit RamseyCounty.us slash booster. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves. Please join Howling for Wolves on Wolf Day, Tuesday, February 7th, 2023 at the Minnesota State Capitol. You can sign up on Howling for Wolves event page. Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, one more time, everybody. This portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh, oh we got to do it oh, over Audrey. again. Audrey didn't uh, howl. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, she's muted. Uh, she uh, Well, she's ventriloquist. It's a silent movie. Hey, Nancy, welcome. Uh, you got Audrey on, and we really appreciate that. Why don't you uh, take over the last part of the show? You and Audrey, uh, do your thing. Sure. Um, um, again, I'm Nancy Bolio, and I work for uh, Minnesota 350 here 
in the great north uh and i just want to give a shout out to them for supporting the work that we do so just yesterday i got to spend a good day with our teammates and you know share the work that we do up here um to continue to do what we do and uh, i think this this little piece i'm about to share um is really exciting for me to be working on it's our Beltrami County Treaty 101 Summit to take place this spring. And our goal is to call on our allies, our elected uh, officials at the city, the county and tribal and community leaders to respect our difference and learn to build an understanding and kind of lean in and build relationships treaty style because treaty is intended for us to live in peace, to be good stewards of Mother Earth, and to preserve and protect our Native culture. So again, it's about respecting nationhood, tribal sovereignty, and self-determination. And I think, you know, coming out of the uh, firelight encampment and, you know, having, uh, you know, that dismissal was huge news because, again, we, we, we reminded the state of Minnesota that they lack subject matter jurisdiction over the Anish should not be protecting their natural resources on or off the reservation. So I think this summit is going to kind of move some of the good work that Audrey uh, and others have been working on here in northern Minnesota in respect to nationhood. So I want to welcome in uh, Audrey Thayer, who is our new counselor at large at the Bemidji City Council. Welcome, Audrey. Oh man, Audrey, we're oh. not able to hear you. Um, you I don't good, know if you... you look good. I like you, yeah, you look fabulous. Your background's great. Everything is good. Maybe just try leaving and coming back. Yeah. Um, sometimes if you leave the studio and then join the link again, sometimes that can help. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Nancy, I don't know if you wanted to touch base just a little bit more. So sure. Audrey is the new counselor at large in uh, Bemidji, Minnesota, right? Is this her... Um, Second term in that position? No, First. no, no. She was Ward 1, and she ran um, for the counselor at large, which is kind of the mini mayor uh, position. So um, I hope, you know, she flexes her, her elderness and her sovereignty in a good way. And, um, again, you know, moving forward, I think, you know, relationships with, with people like Audrey and Tim Sumner, who is a Red Lake band member from the Beltrami County Commissioner's Board, is really important to the work that we here do in, Min in Min northern Minnesota. Because our uh -huh. goal is to um, work towards a transition to environmental and racial justice based around treaty obligations. So there's a lot of good work moving forward. So, um, you know, again, I, I can't stress how important it is to have people like Audrey and um, Tim and have them in our corner is 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 a big plus to um, yeah. our position here in northern Minnesota. Yeah, I don't think pe I don't think that can be understated. Uh, that that is huge, and I think you know our allies that listen to this show just think about that. You're on your own land. You have no representation, and you're you're doing what government does, and they don't think about you and think about your ways and think about your rights. Think about your your. Uh, creator or, or any of these things that is a daily thing for us natives, Nancy. Right. You know, again, you know, just doing what I do is actually I'm just following our original instruction that I mentioned in many shows before. And I hope people, you know, would say, hey, I want to I want to do what she does, because my role is to inspire other people to be strong again and to, um, you know, be out there like I am. So I see Aji's back. Oh. So, no, no, no sound no. from Audrey yet, and she she does look good. <laughs> I know I love that brick wall too. Uh, if there are listeners that are watching on uh, are watching on YouTube and Facebook, uh, looks good, looks cool. I'm about to sneeze, yeah. so uh, you and Ogama talk for a second. Sure. Well, and Audrey, I, I think you can hear us, so I just wanted to tell you, you know, congratulations on uh, your election, and I'm really excited to hear that you're going to be working in Bemidji. Um, you know, having lived in Bemidji, I had seen some problems there, you know, with the way sometimes the Native community is received by the uh, non-Native community there, and I have been nothing short of awestruck of the amazing work that's been done by you and uh, other Native people in that area, like Nancy and uh, Tim Sumner and others, um, you know, just to make sure that those voices are heard. So I, I can't stress enough how important you are. Maybe we can do yes and no questions. We can just have Audrey <laughs> shake her head yes or no. That could work. That uh, could is, work. Is it, good, is it good to be here, Audrey? Let's see if she shakes her head yes. Yes, she's put, shaking her head yes for people that are on yeah. the radio listening. Um, and we, 
We've had Audrey on a lot of times before uh, during her first campaign for Ward 1. Uh, we had her on pretty regularly to talk about her um, her experiences in the campaign. And um, Audrey, was was your campaign for the uh, at-large position any easier than your campaign uh, for the no. ward? No. No, it wasn't any easier. Was it harder? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you have more power as the uh, counselor at large no. than the she ward one? No. Is it the same level of power? Yes. That's she good. Says. Here, I'll, I'll do, you have, do you have more or less constituents as the <laughs> at large? More. Oh, more more yeah. constituents okay. as the at large than the ward one. That's really oh, like a lot. A lot. <laughs> So, Ogama, I want to give Audrey a quick shout out too. Uh, during COVID, uh, when COVID first happened, we did symposiums and they were Sunday night and just all around Turtle Island. And Audrey was one of the people that came on and um, spoke her truth of, about what was happening up in the deep north. And, you know, I, I, f I forget about that because it doesn't seem like it, or it seems like it's a long time ago. And I just want to give you a quick shout out, Audrey. And, and, um, you know, thank you, Peeny Gigi, for the T-shirts, too, and uh, all the cool stuff. Uh, hand sanitizer for Audrey Thayer for at that time. Um, I didn't get anything in your last election. I just wanted to throw that out there, Nancy. <laughs> oh, dear, Robert. Yeah, so this is, you know, uh, you know, Audrey is a fine example of why we need to get out and vote. And when you think about, you know, 2024, it seems like it's far away but again robert you know we you just mentioned how quick time goes by so i think it's really important that you know we continue to talk about about why voting matters because again it's people like audrey you know bringing our voice to the table and supporting the work that we do collectively and again you know we couldn't do it without these people in the inside you know showing up in a good way and and being a, go a good voice for our people and again you know with with the help of audrey and dan and the support of the Bemidji City Council for the first time in its uh, history, the Bemidji City Council has posted the Red Lake, the Leech Lake, and the White Earth uh, tribal flags. And that's big news, but it's only one small step forward. And again, you know, working for Minnesota 350 and defending the treaties, I think this is an opportunity for us to, um, again, work together as treaty people to create a space to build an understanding and what does the transition to environmental and racial justice look like based around treaty obligations? And again, we have to remind ourselves we're the first city on the Mississippi and we should be leading by example. And what line three has done, you know, out towards the fire lighting encampment is very devastating. And I think we have to take something from that and learn how to protect our water into the future. And I think um, we're in a good place right now to make sure things that, you know, are working and that, um, we call on our non-native. Oh, she oh, froze. I think we just we just uh, we just lost her way. Hey, if you're listening to the, I want to thank Audrey uh, for coming on and uh, Nancy, and I want to thank uh, Ogama for the great news segment and Claude Jackson, uh, playwright of uh, Cashed Out. If you're listening to the show, you are part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coop. The ground on which we stand on is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office. Free Leonard Peltier now.